Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. For those interested in additional resources or services, such as the weekly planners, online planners for Chrome or Outlook, keynotes, live training, coaching, or certification, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. Now, when you listen to an episode that resonates with you, we invite you to share it with your family, friends, and team members so that they can experience the same type of motivation and results in their lives. Also, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. It works on Apple, Stitcher, Google, or whatever platform you're using so that you can get a new podcast reminder each week. Now sit back, let's get started, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome back to our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Today is going to be, I don't know, 15, 20, 10 minutes. We'll see how long this goes. What I wanted to do is share with you three assessments that you can use to assess yourself. And if you're like me, sometimes I periodically like these little check-ins. You know, how am I doing? Where am I at? What are the opportunities for growth or, or focus? And some of these assessments are simply just about awareness. You know, I've shared this often. Sometimes it's not what we don't know that should concern us. It's what we don't know that we don't know. <laughs> In other words, it's a potential blind spot. And sometimes these assessments can help us out not only with what we don't know, but with what we don't know that we don't know. And I'll explain that a little bit further here in a few minutes. So with that being said, I'm going to share with you three simple yet really powerful assessments that you can do to assess yourself, your personality, you know, what are your defaults, your go-tos, as well as just a check-in with yourself. How's life going? You know, what are some areas that we can focus on that would have a big and significant impact for us? So with that being said, let me start with the first one. I'm not going to put these in order of importance. You know, one's not more important than the other. They're just very different. First one we're going to start with is personality focused. The second one really is our values and our relationships. And the third one is our self, our health, mental and emotional, physical health. So let's start with the first one, which is our personality assessment. And I'm going to focus on this DISC test that you may or may not have ever heard of. And if you've heard of it, there's different variations of it. You know, a lot of these tests kind of go towards the same thing in just different ways. There's the color tests. There's the, you know, I'm a bear, I'm a tiger, I'm a lion. So there's a lot of these that are out there and they, they're really going towards the same thing in just different ways. I really like the DISC because it's just really simple to understand, as are others. With that being said, I'm going to give you a website that you can use and it's 123test.com. So the number is 123 and then test.com, 123test.com. You can click on the DISC personality test and this literally takes five, six, seven minutes to take. It's fast and it's pretty accurate. There are some ones that are out there that are really not accurate. There are some that are out there that are really expensive to take that may cost you several hundred dollars. This one is free. So you can take this for free. It'll give you a nice graphic in the form of a PDF that you can look at or share with others. And one thing that's nice about the DISC assessment is though it might change a little bit over the course of time, this is kind of who we are by nature. Now, I don't mean to say that as if we can't change. We absolutely can. That's the whole point in taking the test. But our default personality is going to be there, you know, through the rest of our lives. And that's what I love about the DISC assessment is it really does give us an awareness into, hey, what are the pros and the cons of my default go-to, you know, personality-wise? So each one of us, D-I-S-C stands for something. You're going to see that when you get to the website. Each one of us has a different percentage of each one of those different areas. So it's not like it's just 100% D or 100% S. 
it's going to say in your assessment, you know what, you're 40% D, 25% I, 16% S, etc. So we have a different propensity towards these, these areas. Some people might be very balanced. Others might have a really strong area in one particular area, and that's good. And it's an area for growth as well. We need to be aware of some things, though, for each area. If you're balanced, great. I, for example, have a really strong D personality. My wife has a really strong S personality. <laughs> we did this with an organization several years ago, and they're like, wow, we've never seen such a strong D. And they looked at my wife and they're like, oh, I don't know that we've ever seen such a strong S. And that's great. It's not that one is good or bad. That does come with some things, though, that we need to be aware of. And that's what I want to talk about just briefly here before I get to these other two assessments. So first of all, each of us typically have a primary, a D, an I, an S, or a C, and then a secondary. And there will be a handful of us out there that are just almost balanced across the board. Great. What you're looking for is, okay, what's your primary and what's your secondary? In other words, what's your go-to response in your personality? Let me explain briefly why each of these matter. D is like that driven personality, you know, very focused, get it done. They're organized. They usually have pretty good attention to detail, but it's that kind of the, the driven personality. You know, these are the people where, and this is me, <laughs> if you're going to have a conversation with someone, there's usually not a lot of, hey, how are we doing? Let's catch up. How are your feelings? How are you feeling right now? It's usually we'll talk for one or two minutes and then let's get right to what we're here to talk about. And it's just, you know, let's get to the point. All of that is the language of a D personality. An I personality is kind of your bubbly, spur of the moment, idea creator type personality, you know, the innovators. So if you've ever met that type of person, these are the people that are always coming up with ideas. However, if they don't have much of a D in their personality, that type of personality is a great innovator. They'll come up with all kinds of, of ideas, but rarely take them to completion. So it's great to have an I somewhere on a team because they're going to come up with all kinds of ideas that other people oftentimes won't, like a D maybe. They're a driver. They're going to get her done. That's who you want as a project manager, but maybe not as an I individual. So it's great to have an I on the team as long as there's someone else that can complement that person. So I's are fun. You know, they're the life of the party sometimes, great personalities. Oftentimes the I's will be late though. Hey, time's not that important. We'll just free flow and see how it all goes. So if you have a dinner appointment at six, it's fine to show up at 630. Well, that's fine for an I personality, but for a C or D, that may not fly. So <laughs> that's an example of what an I personality might look like. An S, these are your, man, you see a lot of caregivers in the S, therapists, doctors. These are your people that are really attuned to how people are feeling. They're really conscious of people's feelings. And again, that's, that's not right or wrong, right? I mean, there's some really huge pros to that. I mentioned my wife has a strong S. We'll walk away from a conversation and she'll say, you know, that kind of came across a little strong. And in my mind, I thought it was pretty soft. Well, she's very attuned to people's feelings. And it's really interesting because, you know, she'll approach someone and oftentimes five minutes after meeting her, people are dumping their life story onto her. It's really fascinating to watch. Well, that's because she is a really strong S personality. She's a great listener. She's very empathetic. You know, there's just something about her that is really conducive to people wanting to share with her. Well, that's her S personality. So that's typically what you see in the F side of things is very focused on how are people feeling? Hey, I don't want to step on toes here. Just very conscious and sensitive towards others, which is why it's great to have in a caregiver role, places where you're interacting with others in customer experience type roles. S personalities are great for that. Your C personality, 
this is where accountants, engineers really live. In other words, hey, for C personality, the I's have to be dotted and the T's have to be crossed. <laughs> In other words, the details matter. You know, the checkbook has to balance, as an example. If it doesn't come out exactly right, that's not good enough for a C personality. A C personality is awesome to have in something where high attention to detail is important. So again, an accountant, absolutely, I would love to have a C personality as an accountant. As an engineer, for sure, I would love to have a C personality as an engineer because you know that they're going to have high attention to detail. So why does this matter to us? Well, think about this. Here's some things that you might see and be aware of. As a D personality, there's a strong potential that if you're a really high propensity towards D and it's not evenly balanced, you might be the type of person that just railroads others. You're not really thinking about their feelings. And so in my case, I've got to be really conscious of this. What seems to me to be not very strong can come across really strong. And I've learned that. So that's been an awareness on my part that I've had to learn and be conscious of. So as a D, it's something that we need to be aware of. As an I, we've still got to be on time for appointments and respect other people's times. Not everyone always thinks the way that we do. If you're an I, you definitely want to surround yourself with someone that has a D or a C personality, depending on what the project is. You may come up with some great ideas. You need someone that can drive that to completion. You know, if you're really a dominant I, that's not you. And so an S personality, hey, that's great in a lot of areas. There are other times, though, where we need to get stuff done, right? And it may not cause everyone to be happy. And it's not going to sometimes create the best feelings in everyone, but it needs to get done and a decision needs to be made. And so that's where you got to be conscious of that as an S personality. And the C personality, these are oftentimes people where you can't say to a C personality, good is good enough. That just won't compute. It's kind of like saying to a D personality, hey, you know, rein it back in a little bit or chill out. Those are not the words they like to hear. And so with the C personality, sometimes they may come across as cold, you know, because it's just about numbers or it's about making sure that things balance. It's not that they're cold. It's just that their default is that type of personality. And so a C can be really nicely balanced with an S personality or an I or something like that. The whole idea is you want to see what you are so that you can have an awareness of how you mesh with other people. You know, if you're a C personality, you're probably going to be one of those people that it takes a long time to make a decision. It's nice when you can couple a C personality with a D personality because, hey, the C person is going to look at the details. The D person is going to be like, all right, let's roll. <laughs> and so it's a nice complement of each other. And so this is a great awareness tool. And I highly encourage you to go to 123test.com, take the free disk personality test, and it'll generate a PDF with a pie-shaped graph of where you are in your different personalities. It's not exactly perfect, but it's a really good one, and it's free. And it literally takes a few minutes to take. So that's the first one, disk assessment. Great to be aware of so that we know what our intuitive strengths are and what we need to be conscious of and watch for, you know, where we might want to complement ourselves by bringing someone else on the team or in a relationship or something like that. The second one, now we're going to get more focused on ourselves internally. The second one is a values or relationship assessment. Now, what I mean by that, as a team, we focus on one principle of the week every week as part of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. It's when we have our weekly alignment meeting at the beginning of the week, and we take five to 10 minutes and we rotate who leads the discussion on that principle. We've been doing it for years. This week, Clayton led a great discussion on going back to the circle of peace and balance. But he said something that I'd never before heard. And I thought, ah, oh, that, was, that was really good. And that was to do a values assessment of ourselves. And so he had us not only take the circle of peace and balance assessment, but he also had us write down our values and do an assessment on those. And I thought, you know, I've never done that before. 
And so one thing that I might encourage you to do is to write down whatever you consider your most important values, as well as your relationships. So if you're in a relationship and you have a husband or a wife, partner, whatever, write down their name there. If you have three kids, write down each of your three kids' names. Some of your close friends or coworkers, write down their names and do a quick little assessment on yourself on a scale of one to 10. One is not good, 10 is outstanding. So do this both first on your values and then second on your relationship. So, hey, if honesty and integrity is one of the values that are important to you, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. How are you doing in that area? That can be eye-opening. And it can help center us back on what matters most in our lives. With each one of your values, go ahead and rate yourself. Same thing with the relationship. Rate that particular relationship on a scale of one to 10. And then where does our brain automatically go? If we rate ourselves, say, like at a six or a five or, or even a four or three, our brain automatically is going to, well, wait a second, what can I do to improve that number, that relationship? And we start to take ownership. And that's the whole point of all of our training, right? Do what matters most, et cetera, is what can we do about it? Let's start taking action to move the needle and not, not just sit passively by while things happen. Hence, we'll either lead a life by design or live a life by default. And so that's the second assessment. List your values, the ones that are important to you. List each specific relationship that's important to you in your life, at least the key ones. And then on a scale of one to 10, simply write that next to the values and the relationships. And then think about what can you do to move the number up? It's a great assessment of where we are today. And the last one is very like the values and the relationship assessment, except now it's very focused on us individually. And what I mean by that is, and you can do this with far more than what we're talking about here. You know, you can do your own assessment on anything. This is a big deal, though, when I'm talking about number three here in this third assessment, that is our health. And I've talked with a lot of people already as we go into this new year about, you know, what are you focusing on this year? This is my year of health. For me, that was last year. 2023 was my year of health. I did all kinds of things to learn more about my health. I'm just continuing that journey into this year. For a lot of people, though, I've heard them talk about prioritizing their health, their health, their health. And that's awesome. It's good that that's a priority because oftentimes, you know, we treat our bodies like a car. <laughs> when do we take the car to the shop? Well, it's when we hear the clanking. It's when we hear, ooh, that doesn't sound right. Ooh, that doesn't feel right. And we take it to the shop. Well, oftentimes we treat our bodies and our minds the same way. You know, we don't proactively do things that can prevent other major issues down the road. And we wait till things start clinking or clanking or whatever. And they're like, ooh, I better get that checked out. Well, there is a much better approach because that can lead to a lot of issues taking that approach towards our health. So here's a few things that you can put on your health assessment. Sleep as a category, seven to nine hours, tons of research around this. Unless you're one of the 1% that's genetically different, seven to nine hours, that's our target. If you're not getting that, then there's something going on and you need to take a look at that. It will catch up to a person later in their life if they don't. Number two, heart and cardiovascular. Do you know your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your calcium score? Anything related with the cardiovascular, it's one of the leading causes of death. And there are so many things we can do proactively to prevent, you know, these big things that are taking a lot of people. Heart attacks rarely should ever show up as a surprise. Those are things that we can usually see coming. Uh, cholesterol, clogged arteries, all of that we can see coming down the track if we're proactive with our health. Of course, there's going to be things periodically that we just can't prepare for. But there, the whole point of this is there's a lot of things that we can do. There are a lot of things that we can be proactive about that will prevent issues later down the road. So sleep, that's an area to rate yourself. Heart and cardiovascular. The next one on the health assessment is brain health. Anxiety, depression, reading, learning a new skill. 
If you haven't used a program called Brain HQ, anybody that's older than 30, 35 should probably be using this program or the equivalent of, and I haven't found a better one. If you search for Brain HQ on Google, it's a great program. These are exercises for our brain. We do a lot of strength training and things like that to exercise our muscles. Most people, as I've learned, though, don't think about their brain until something starts clanking or showing up <laughs> that they didn't expect. And so being proactive about brain health is so important. My mom passed away from early onset Alzheimer's three years ago. I've spent more than a thousand hours learning about the brain over the last decade. And one of the things that I've learned is just like the heart, there's a lot we can do if we're proactive and start young rather than wait until issues show up, in which many cases it's, it's almost too late when it comes to the brain. So brain health, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. How do you feel like you're doing there? Cancer, diabetes, you know, blood work, screening, colonoscopies. If you haven't heard of the gallery test, I've talked about that on a previous podcast. Great way to screen for so many forms of cancer far before anything else would ever catch them. It's unfortunately not cheap and insurance won't pay for it. But if there's any type of history of cancer in your family, you'd really benefit from taking the gallery test. So again, cancer, diabetes, some of the leading causes of death, rate yourself. Where are you at on a scale of 1 to 10? High risk, low risk, you feel like you're pretty on top of it, not on top of it. The other one that's a big one is respiratory, learning how to breathe correctly, the book Breathe. Do you know your O2 saturation at night and during the day? If sleep is an issue for you, have you had a sleep apnea study? Do you know your lung capacity? These are all little things that can have a huge impact over the course of long term. And then the last on this health assessment is anything else that might be important to you. And there are so many things that we can do about them. So sleep, heart, brain health, cancer, diabetes, gut, digestion. I didn't really touch on the gut a lot, but gut biome, pro, prebiotics, is everything working the plumbing like it's supposed to? <laughs> the respiratory and then any other health areas that are of concern to you. So these are three quick assessments that you can do, especially as we go into the year, to be aware of. You know, the DISC assessment is fabulous for personality. We know what our strengths are. We know what our areas of improvement are. You can go into that a lot more in depth if you'd like to. There are books written on it. But just going to that site, 123test.com is a great starting point. Second is our values. We're going to be so much more at peace. We're going to be so much more content with life if we're aligned with our values versus if we're in conflict with our values. And with our relationships, same thing. If there's things that we can do to improve our relationships, great. You know, there's many times where we can. And I acknowledge there's a handful of times where we can't, where a relationship just is not going to work. But in many cases, there are things that we can do about that to improve the relationships. So the values and relationship assessment. And then third is that health assessment. Just write sleep, heart, brain, you know, cancer slash diabetes, gut, respiratory, and anything else you want to put there and rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. And then the whole point in doing this is what can we do about it? This coming year, via our roles and goals, pre-week planning, what can we do to start mitigating some of these potential areas of risk for us? What are some things that we can proactively do to get on top of our health, to prioritize our relationships, to get back in alignment with our values? So, you know, I love these check-ins. Assessments are exactly that. They're assessments. They're an assessment of where we're at today. So I hope this has been helpful for you as you think about what's important to you in your life. That's the whole point of these podcasts. This was a quick 19 minutes together, and I hope it's been beneficial for you as you think about the disc side of things, your personality, and then all of those other things that I know are important to each one of us. So with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for joining us. Have a fabulous week and we'll see you back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Your Best podcast. If there was something in this podcast that you felt would be helpful for a family member, a friend, or even a coworker, we invite you to share this podcast with them now. 
while you're thinking about it. Also, remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now, for additional resources and tools, such as how to join our monthly peak performance coaching program, or how to get certified as a trainer or coach, or schedule a workshop or keynote, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day and a great week.